Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tank, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's industry seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, Works Connection, Bass Foundry, TL Speed Shop, Grandstone Boots, and Fly Racing. This is the Industry Seating Podcast, and my name is Jason Thomas. It is Monday, May 1st, and we have, we are in May, which is just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, I don't know how we keep just speeding up time. It, it didn't really feel that way during winter. I'll be honest. Boise had the longest winter uh, in like a century or something like that. So it did feel like it was dragging a bit. But then, I, you know, it's 80 degrees here today, and it's already May. We're going into summer. Lucas Oprah, well, it's pro motocross, is about to start again here in a few weeks. And that is scary because I can remember going into pro motocross last year and all the nerves and all the things I was worried about for doing the, uh, you know, the pit reporting and the announcing that I get to do. And we're already here again. It's just crazy to me. Uh, this race, we're going, you know, this is the weekend before, week before Denver. And last year at Denver, I got to shadow Daniel Blair in preparation for pro motocross last year. So we're back to Denver again. Um, it's just crazy, man. I, I, you hear this as you're growing up that time starts to speed up as you get older. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely experiencing that. Um, so I wish it would just pump the brakes a little bit. But enough about that. Let's talk about what we saw in Nashville. And for those of you who went you know how great of a weekend it was. Uh, for those of you who didn't, I would highly, highly recommend going to Nashville, whether it's for Supercross or not. Obviously, that's would be ideal. But just Nashville in general is such a great town. It's really exploded over the last decade or so in popularity. And there's so much to do and see. And everyone's there to, yeah, go out and have a good time. It's, it's very similar to Las Vegas in that uh, regard. That's why it's called Nash Vegas, I guess, for good reason. And I enjoy going there. I didn't go out and get crazy. I didn't do a whole lot um, other than just kind of enjoy being there. You know, and, and I took heat from my friends for not being more social. But I have a lot to do on the weekends. And I had, I had to work all day Friday, both at setup at the track and, uh, you know, my normal job on my computer. There's just a lot of – there's a lot that has to be done right now at our company, um, a lot of transition. And – you know, we, the race was super early Saturday. I had to be at the track at six. So I wasn't going to go out late, obviously Friday night and put myself through that. And then Saturday night, I do understand it was a nice opportunity. You know, we were done at five, uh, but I went back and had dinner. I had a buddy in town from Atlanta and he didn't get to go to the Atlanta Supercross. So I wanted to catch up with him. So I just went to dinner with him and hung out and it, it was honestly really calm and peaceful. And, and it was a really good opportunity to spend some time with him. And, uh, yeah, so I didn't go do all the nonsense, you know, the Broadway and the bars and all that. Um, and <laughs> I'll be honest with you when I was at the airport at, uh, let's see about 4:45 AM on sa uh, Sunday morning, 
and I saw all my friends there that had been out all night, I was very happy that I didn't do that because they looked like they had been run over by several semi-trucks. That's how rough they looked. And I've been there. I have felt that way too many times and I just know better. Um, And also I got to go to Nashville last September. Uh, There's a a big group of us that many of you would know their names, but they're industry kind of insiders that we all grew up racing together. And we, we have gone on to work in the industry and we all choose a city each year and do a guy's trip. And this past year, this past September was in Nashville. And we always steered around the NFL draft and the first, well, not the draft, excuse me, the first weekend of NFL football. So we do our fantasy football draft right before the first weekend of football. And yeah, it's just a great time. This, so this, again, reason I'm bringing that up, this year was Nashville. So we did all that. We went up to all the, all the bars, Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan and all this stuff. And, and it's a great time. I had a lot of fun, but I also was on vacation. I didn't have any responsibility. Right now I do. And I didn't want to feel like hell and I needed to, you know, be on my game for the race Saturday night. And I didn't want to completely blow up my Sunday flying home either. So I chose what I felt like was the smart route. I'm sure I missed out on some fun, but that's okay. I'm sure all of you don't care about that, but I just wanted to fill you in on, uh, yeah, how my weekend went comparatively to some, some that were maybe a little braver and, and went out. Um, as for the racing itself, you know, we, had a championship handed out in 250 class. That was cool to see for Hunter. And if you're ever wondering what it means for some of these guys, I mean, you could just see the emotion for, for Hunter and Jet and his dad and his agent, Lucas and Honda and everybody, right? It was a, it was a feel good moment. And I, I think there's this, there's this weird narrative out there where there's a lot of people that are starting to not like them because they're getting so much exposure. I'm not in that camp. I am very much in the camp of if you deserve, and you know, if you're winning everything, you deserve all the accolades. You deserve everyone to be talking about you. For to have two brothers that are this good at the top of their game, and you could bring up the Hill brothers, like they're doing really well too, but these guys are going to win both 250 titles, right? And everyone knows the incredible story that is Jet Lawrence, and that's still unfolding. But Hunter has his own great story too of, of suffering and struggle and injury. And he's kind of broken out of that. And he just went on this crazy run in the 250 E-Series. And now he's your champion. He's my pick to win 250 Pro Motocross this summer. And his future looks very bright. So I'm happy for them. I don't have any issue with all the stories and all the press. and all. I, I, good for them. Like, they have earned it. Because you know what happens when you win all the races? You get all those things. Everybody wants to talk to you and put you on TV and interview you. That's the normal process of things. So why would they not? get all of that. And if you're mad that Lucas Myrtle has this donut thing for Jet and they have these VIP thing at Pro Motocross and they have, you know, Gibson guitar co-op gear and all that, like, why? why? That's my question. Like, are you just jealous or like, what is your reason for being angry? Because to me, they do the right thing. They say the right thing. They're winning. And this is really how it's supposed to go. Like they're trying to create superstars that, you know, the sport can latch onto. So I don't get it. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a new concept. We've seen it around in the sport for years. I just, I'm not, I don't buy into it. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's right. Before we go too far though, I want to thank the sponsors of this Pirelli tires, guts racing, Plum Creek funding works connection, fast foundry, pro glow wash, international vet MX series, TL speed shop, grant stone boots and fly racing. Thank you to all of them for being a huge part of, uh, of this podcast and so much support I received from them and just check them out. 
I'm not saying you have to go buy something just because I said it, but give them a look. See if they have a product that maybe you were going to buy anyway. And you can, uh, yeah, you can buy it from a great company. You can even get probably get a, a discount code. Reach out to me too. So back to, uh, back to this. Hunter, we talked about, he, he got it done. He wins again. Uh, and Shimoda, Shimoda looked good, right? We, we were wondering if Shimoda was going to get back to form. Because if you think about last summer in pro motocross, he was right there. You know, you remember Hunter took him out at, uh, at Paula, which was pretty wild because they were getting really close in points. But it's really been since then that we've talked about Joe as far as winning fashion, right? This was the real, really the first glimpse of that Joe Shimoda that we saw last summer. And I think he'll be really good this summer too. I don't know if he can beat Hunter. As far as the series goes, I think he's got a little bit of inconsistency in his game here and there, but I do think he's going to be really fast and I do think he'll win motos. So we need more competition at the very top of the 250 class, in my opinion, because we're going to lose Jet. So, you know, with Justin Cooper coming back, Joe getting back to form, Hunter, we already know. We'll see if Deegan can maintain this elite level. And then you've got guys like Jordan Smith and, and there are a bunch of other guys I just have question marks about. I'm not really sure. You know, what does Forkner do? Is he back? Um, I, I, you know, so we'll see. But my big concern is I just don't want the 250 series to be a runaway. Just like the super, both Supercross coasts have been, right? Jet has dominated, even though the points aren't extremely uh, broken out, right? Like he's only had like a 20-point lead for most of the way. It's really been domination as far as the racetrack and the narrative goes. And then the 250 East for Hunter, yeah, he's been – he's been way out front for a very long time and and in, the series was never really in doubt anything can happen we know in racing but if you take injury and mechanical failures out of the picture then the series was hasn't been in doubt for a very long time so i'm hoping for a little bit more parity at the top of the 250 class um but if hunter if hunter rides to the best of his ability i just don't know that we're going to get that he, he's really kind of on his game it's the best we've ever seen him no question about it and and i would say by a pretty wide margin Jordan Smith uh, rode really well. He got third. Man, is he loose, though. You know, when he was out front, we were talking about this on the Racer X Review podcast. Was Hunter being patient, knowing that Jordan would probably do himself in, or was he pushing and Jordan was just going really fast? And I think it was probably somewhere in between because Jordan's pace didn't leave a lot to be desired, right? Like, it wasn't like Hunter was kind of waiting around going, well... I could go a lot faster than this, but I'll just let Jordan make a mistake. I, I don't think that was necessarily the case. I think Hunter was probably riding pretty hard, but he was also respectful of how fast Jordan was going and all of the risk that Jordan was taking. And there's a fine line there, right? You can be riding close to your limit and also understand that the guy in front of you is very prone to making a mistake. And that, that's how I think really look at that situation. It's kind of like, okay, I'm on the edge of where it could get dicey from here. And I'm just going to sit here. I think this will be good enough because I don't think Jordan can maintain what he's doing, right? He looks like he's taken a lot of a risk. He looks like he's ready to make a mistake at any second. And knowing him, that's the most likely outcome anyway. So I'll just sit here, sit on my own personal limit and hope that works out. And that, that's what happened, right? He, he didn't even have to do anything. He just let Jordan jump off the track and then kind of cruised on to, uh, to take the win. Shimoda pressured him just for a second, but I don't think Hunter was super nervous about it. Um, I think he just was like, okay, I need to withstand this surge by Joe and then it'll be fine. And that's exactly kind of how it played out. And that's, 
when you look at the series, that's what Hunter has been able to do to everyone. He's kind of waited them out or marked their pace and then upped it a little bit. And just, you know, to use a term, they would say he just sussed everyone out. Like he figured out what he needed to do to win almost every time. And then he would just employ a plan that did exactly that. So uh, no different than any other race really this year. Um, he was just, he's just better. And he did what it took when he needed to do it. Hayden Deegan, really good. He's in a battle for second in the series. So that's really strong. I mean, this has been a, an incredible, you know, maiden voyage in Supercross for Hayden, much better than I would have thought. I, I will be the first to say that. I did not expect him to be here. I thought he would be four, five, six, seven, something like that. Like what we saw at Houston, right? Like that. He, he ended up fourth at Houston, but I thought that four to eight would be where he was. I thought he'd be battling with Hymas a lot, uh, but he's, he's simply been better than that. There's no other way to put it. Uh, he, and he deserves for me to absolutely call myself out and say, I was just wrong. I, I underestimated him and he is better than I gave him credit for. So nice job from him and his future certainly is bright. So that's it for the two fifties. Uh, we'll go into the West coast round for uh, Denver should be the wrap up round for jet Lawrence. We'll get back-to-back -back weeks of Lawrence brother title hugs and all that stuff, which they deserve it. Again, um, I am not the hater uh, that I, I see and read and all that. I, that's not me. Um, I, I'm here for it. Jed is phenomenal. Uh, he deserves all the credit in the world. Um, there's there's not many uh, statements you can make about Jet that I would back away from as far as his excellence. Um, so, yeah, that'll be it for that. And then we'll go to the showdown. Both titles should be wrapped up by then. And it'll be interesting to see kind of just what happens. I think most of the guys will just want to get out of there without getting injured because they'll be thinking about pro motocross with the titles all secured. But for other guys like Joe or Jordan Smith or, you know, the Hayden Deegan, take your pick, RJ, whoever you want to put this on, it's an opportunity to go win. And that's why you see unlikely winners at showdown so often is because of that dynamic. The guys that are in title contention, they're thinking title. The guys that have already wrapped up the titles, they're thinking pro motocross. And then all the other guys that sense an opportunity, they're just going to send it. And yeah, when you know, if enough guys are sending it at the top, one of those guys is going to break through and get it done. So it's just a, it's a dynamic in a, in a scenario that plays out more often than not. And, and I think we'll see it again for Salt Lake. So let's jump into the 450 class. For this podcast, we do the power rankings, as most of you know, and it's really just the top 10. Um, I've had to kind of put more recency bias on it because guys keep getting hurt and missing races. So you'll see guys in here that haven't, well, maybe one that hasn't been in here. And then a few of the honorable mentions really haven't been around either. Uh, but without further ado, number 10 is Colt Nichols. And fourth place, fourth place he got in Nashville. And it was not something he lucked into. It was, it was an incredible ride. He got a good start. He hung in there. And I don't really have anything negative to say. Like, he just rode really, really well. And I think he rides that kind of slippery um, – less than premium traction pretty well. Like he's got great throttle control and he just managed the race and he, and he rode solid, consistent laps. So kudos to Colt. You know, I don't think he's going to end up at Honda next year. I, I don't know for sure, but I'll be surprised if he ends up re-signing there. And that means he needs a contract. Now I don't think he has a contract for outdoors yet either. So there's a lot up in the air for him. It needs to kind of get done. And a fourth place at Nashville will certainly uh, will help that that argument out. So good job to him. He's a really nice guy for those of you who don't know him. I think he's I, – I for sure misunderstood him. I thought he would be 
uh, I don't know. When I just saw him, this, I saw the same thing of Justin Bogle. Like their their outward appearance, and they're all into this fashion and rap thing. I thought I just didn't think they would be as nice and personable as they are, and they are. They are really down to earth, really nice, um, kind, generous. Uh, so yeah, I got that one wrong from the start, and I always try to kind of share that message because I'm sure I'm sure there are a lot, a lot of other people out there that think that same thing that I do. I was like, man, these guys look like punks. They're really not. They're they're incredibly nice. They just like what they like. They like music and they like this, you know, their fashion, whatever. But it, as far as their outward personality and how they treat people, you would not see that coming at all. So I, I really appreciate that about both Colt and Justin Bogle. Number nine is Justin Hill. And you look at his last two weeks, he has been on fire. Uh, really, really good job from Justin Hill. I spoke with him in the elevator at uh, Nashville after the race and he was like, man, yeah, it was good. You know, he got, what did he get? Fifth, sixth? I don't even know. I should know that. But um, he was right there. And he was happy about it, of course. But he was telling me that New Jersey was really the opportunity for a podium or a breakout ride because he felt so good. He's like, I can go. I could go the pace of anybody on the track re- repeatedly. Like, I could just log laps at that pace. And he's like, when I was going into the night show, I'm like, I'm going to be in the battle for a podium. Like, he was extremely confident. He's like, Nashville, I mean, the result was good, but I didn't feel that way at all. Like, I was just kind of trying to get through it, and, and thankfully, I, I put in a good result. But it wasn't the same situation as it was at New Jersey. So that was interesting, I thought, because when I watched him ride in Nashville, he looked great. Um, he was just kind of bummed that he wasn't able to capitalize the way he felt like he could have uh, in New Jersey because of the mud, right? The mud changed the entire dynamic. Number eight, I still have AP, and because I think AP is going to race Denver, he tried to ride in Nashville and couldn't. So, you know, I, I usually have a rule that if you're not racing, you're not in the power rankings, but he is still around. Like, he's going to be back. He's not seriously hurt. Um, so I'm leaving at number eight, no real change there. Number seven, and I basically just flip-flop these two. Number seven, I have AC, and he was back this weekend. Decent ride. He got ninth. Um, obviously, everybody saw the, the incident with Cooper Webb. Not his fault. These things happen. If you know Adam at all, you know he felt terrible. Uh, he's he's a very caring, kind person. Uh, and, yeah, no one wants to run over someone's head. Like, that's so scary to think you could seriously hurt someone like that unintentionally, even if you don't get along with a person. Like, Coop and AC have a long history of not liking each other. Even then, that's it's something you just – dread like you don't want to hurt anybody and i'm sure it's stuck with ac the rest of the night i'm sure he was having a hard time concentrating because you're you're scared you really you really injured somebody and you're you know one of the best in the sport like two-time supercross champion and web um you could have yeah you could have ended his career there on accident so i have ac at seven still i, I pushed him ahead of ap because he raced and ap didn't <laughs> excuse me uh number six i have jason anderson and I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, I watched him in qualifying practice. And, and let's go back to Atlanta, right? He has his baby. Well, his his wife had a, his baby in the middle of the week. And I was told, yeah, he didn't get a lot of sleep. He barely made it to the race. And he just was exhausted. Okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm okay with that. I should not have picked him in fantasy. That's on me. But I, I thought, okay, no problem. He'll, he'll get it together here. I know he's been riding. We go to New Jersey. Nope. Doesn't really, and okay, if you want to say it was because of the mud, sure, right? Another excuse, but understandably so. Like, I, I get it if that's what you're going to use is the mud was just not his, that's not his jam. 
and results suffered. Fine. Okay. Nashville. This should be good, right? We should be fine. The dirt is actually really good for what Anderson does well. Like the traction's hard to find. It's tricky. Uh, it's getting dusty in, in the you know afternoon going into the main events. Like all those things work really well for Anderson. But I'll be honest with you. He looked awful. He looked terrible in qualifying practice. Did a huge front flip. Just looked out of sorts. He did not look good. Okay. And then you push that into the main events. He didn't look good then either. Like he's behind guys like Nichols and Justin Hill and these guys. Like he's not riding well. And I don't know what to do with that. I don't know why. I don't know if it's his his mind's not in it because he's thinking about his home life. I who knows? But I can just tell you, he does not look good out there compared to the Jason Anderson I've been watching for a year and a half. Doesn't look great. Uh, so maybe he turns it around in Denver and Salt Lake. These should be two really good races for him. But it's been three in a row now where he's looked very, very off to me. Um, so I, I have I have more questions and answers right now. Uh, he just doesn't look the part. I don't know if his heart's not in it. I don't know if he's having contract you know, issues with Cowie. I have no idea. Um, but I, I can certainly see what's going on, and it's, it's not very good out there. Number five is Ken Roxon, and that's three podiums in a row for Kenny. Uh, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. Is he – Threatening to win, no, but, but so so what? Like Sexton was gone, Rocks, or uh, Tomac was all by himself, and then Barsha was kind of by himself, and then Kenny, and he backed into a podium, if you want to say that, when Barsha crashed. That's, I'm not saying that, but if you want to be a detractor here and say he backed into a podium, so be it. I would push back and say no one backs into a podium. I, listen, I raced hundreds of these races, and I never got close to a podium, so uh, I would have loved to back into one. You push me off a cliff into one, I'm good. Uh, so I, I give Roxanne a lot of credit. That's three podiums in a row. And everybody was kind of thinking he was going to tail off here. It was going to get worse as the season grew long. And that's not really what's happening. He's just hanging in there. You know, is he, again, is he riding his best at his best level? Probably not, but it's good enough. You know, it, with Webb got hurt, Barsha got hurt. Like he's, you know, AP can't race. AC's not 100%. Anderson looks awful. Like, Roxon's still there. So I give him credit for at least that. Number four is Barsha. And this will probably be the last week he's in the, uh, in the power rankings. He broke his collarbone. I'm sure he'll be out until at least the outdoor championship. You know, I would bet he gets it plated. We'll see how quickly he can return from that. But you figure to make it back for Paula, it's a month. And that's really tight. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out. But yeah, just a big crash. I mean, the, the bike you know, kind of spiked him into the ground there off that dragon's back. And it sucks for Barsha because this is the best level we've seen him race in a really long time. He had been building momentum and building momentum. And he just looked like everything was, was clicking. And when you get a setback like this, like it really derails all of that forward progress and momentum he's had. So let's see how much time he's got to take off. Um, if it's only a few weeks, it won't be a big deal. He'll be, he'll bounce right back. He won't lose any base fitness. He, you know, the bike's all set up. So, um, yeah, I was, I was bummed to see that for Barsha just because I, you could see how hard he had been working. It was evident in his riding. You can't fake what he was doing, the podiums and the wins and all that. They, that's, you know, that, that's just a, a result of hard work and perseverance and dedication. And to have that ruined because of a crash, uh, it sucks. Even if you don't like Barsha, it still sucks. Uh, Sexton is number three. And I mean, I'm guessing he'll be moving up, right? Um, he won this weekend. He showed everyone why guys like myself, 
are so high on Sexton because when he is clicking and when things go his way, nobody can really touch him. Now, I'm not going to say Tomac, if he had to go for a championship, couldn't match his pace. I'm not going to say that. But I also think Sexton is capable of going faster than anybody else. So do with that what you will. But if you don't think that Sexton is coming and this is just a snapshot of what we're going to see long term, then you're not paying attention because he is capable of going so fast. And I know that's such a generic comment, but I'm comparing him to guys like Webb and Tomac and Anderson, the very best guys. Like he can make their pace look silly. Like he can embarrass them on a one lap speed. And even over the course of 21 minutes, when, when he's firing on all cylinders, he can embarrass those guys. And that is rare air to be in for Sexton. So he's most likely going to end up second in the series. I don't think he's going to be able to close the gap down to Tomac. He's 18 points down. And Tomac's just going to bring this thing home. He's not going to take any chances. And Sexton will end up second in the series. And he'll end up second in the power rankings, just like he ended out last last summer at the end of Pro Motocross. So he's about to go through a team change. He'll be at Red Bull KTM next year. That'll be big, right? Big new bike, new dynamic, new engineers, new team managers, new mechanics, new everything. Um, and, and it'll be... He'll have to kind of start over. Now, his talent's going to surpass all of that, but it will be a big change, right? Different steel composite. Um, there's just a lot to work through for Sexton uh, before we get back to, to Anaheim next year. And, uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't have any preconceived notions um, as far as how Supercross will go next year. I'm just telling you, if you're looking for a guy that could be your breakout star over the next few years and you're, you're not going to count Jet Lawrence because he's not there yet, then it's got to be Sexton. Absolutely has to be. Number two is Cooper Webb. And we saw the incident with AC. We saw the concussion. I saw some people on Vital arguing that he didn't get hit in the head and he didn't have a concussion. And I don't know what to tell you other than you need to stop doing hard drugs. Like those, whatever you are taking is affecting your cognitive abilities because it was pretty obvious what happened. He got hit in the head. I was watching it live. And he had a concussion. To think anything other than that, to these people that are posting on Vital, you're out of your mind. I'm sure you're nice. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're way wrong on this one. Uh, so I'm glad that Webb is is somewhat okay. Um, I don't think it's anything that will be serious long-term or anything like that. Um, the question now becomes, is he going to race outdoors? Is he going to race SMX? Or is this it? You know, we talked about that also on the Race Review podcast is, Will we never see him race a KTM again? I don't know. That's the rumor out there. It sounds like he's going to Monster Star Yamaha for 2024. When does KTM let him out of his contract? Do they keep him off of another bike until October 1, which is the norm? There's a lot to unpack. I don't really have any insight yet. Um, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I'm sure there's a lot of negotiating going on and pleading and agent speaking with Austria and a lot of back and forth. That would be my guess right now is there's a lot there's a lot of people working a lot of ends and reading a lot of fine print to try to see what they can and can't do here. Uh, because what Mathis was saying was that it sounds like Webb wanted to race maybe some World Supercross and some other events, but it would not be on a KTM. Um, the question I have is if you're KTM, right, you don't have Webb under contract for uh, for the outdoors, right? It was a it was totally up in the air. You don't have to pay him more. It was completely up to you whether you want him or not to do it. 
and it sounds like Webb doesn't want to now. If I'm KTM, I don't want him on a competitor's machine. Like, that's okay. We didn't sign you to, to race pro motocross, and we have to live with that decision for good or bad. But if I am Pitt Byer or Mr. Pirin or whoever is calling the shots, Robert Jonas, any of the any of the major brass at KTM in Austria, I certainly don't want to see my number one guy with, you know, that's been battling for the Supercross Championship switch to a Yamaha mid-season before my contract is up. I don't want to do that. And you can say, well, come on, man. Like, what good is it going to do keeping him off the – well, that's what you're paying him for. You're paying him to be a KTM representative. So I would want him out at KTM events. I would want – you know, if he's not going to be racing, then let's get some PR out of him. Have him visit some KTM dealers or the KTM national sales meeting or whatever. But I, I wouldn't want to pay him all this money and then say, yeah, yeah, no problem. You can go compete on a competitor's machine at these World Supercross events. I, I personally wouldn't want that. Um, so maybe I'm viewing it wrong. Maybe that's on me. Maybe that's a bad take by me. Um, but that's just kind of how I see it. Number one is Eli Tomek. No surprise there, as he should be. He is going to be your, your Monster Energy Supercross champion, in my opinion. 18-point lead, two rounds to go. Two rounds that are very good for him. And everybody else is hurt. Webb's out. Barsha's out, AP probably back, but nowhere near that level. Ace or Anderson looks like hell. So how is he not going to be there, right? That's the whole thing. Unless he hurts himself, unless he has another crash where his hand blows off, I don't see how he doesn't get this done. And I think everybody is in the same boat there. Like it's pretty much done, which is a bummer for the series. Like you could just feel the air get sucked out of the series when Webb went down. And, you, and if, if you were watching closely, I'm not sure exactly what they showed on TV, but you see him stumbling around. Immediately, you know he's done, because even if he can race next weekend in Denver, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's over. Like the points are too far gone by then. So that first stumble, as I saw him try to stand up, I'm like, well, that's the series. You know, I, I know they're not going to let him race after that point, and that's all that it needed. That's all it took was you know it, it's game over at that point. So it sucks for everybody, especially KTM and Austria and, and Red Bull and everybody like that. Now, if you're a monster and you're Sexton or Tomac or any of those guys, I get it. You know, you're not viewing it through the same lens, but purely as a fan, it was a pretty big letdown. Uh, the honorable mentions for this week, Dean Wilson gets his best finish of the season with a seventh. Uh, Steve was saying that he wasn't thrilled with that, which I understand. Like Colt got fourth and there was an opportunity to do better. Justin Hill was in front of him, uh, but I, I still think he's doing okay. Like you're getting top tens every week now. That's the goal, in my opinion, to just be a top 10 guy and stay healthy. Uh, Josh Hill, 10th place, and just getting it done, man. He he started the season so poorly. He looked so rusty and just was going to be like this maybe qualify, maybe not guy, and he's surpassed that. Like, he is a no-matter-what main event guy now, and, he, and he's battling for top 10s. That's two out of the last three weeks where he's been in the fight for a top 10 all the way to the end and gotten it done. The last guy on my list is Chiz. He gets a ninth. Congratulations to him. That's a great finish. And you're talking about a guy that's pretty old, right? He's, what is he, uh, trying to think how old Chiz is, uh, 35, 36, uh, maybe older than that. So yeah, he's really competitive still ninth place. And yeah, you can say all the guys are hurt and crashing out. That's fine. I don't care. He's still got ninth place. It doesn't matter. You got to be in it to win it as Chad Reed always says. And if, if you're the only guy out there, then congratulations. You're the only one that could, could stay out there and stay healthy. So um, nice job by, uh, by Kyle Chisholm there. Thank you again to all the sponsors. Uh, couldn't do it without them. 
Pirelli tires, there is that dealer rebate going on. You can save 30 bucks on off-road tires and $60 on street set of tires. Guts Racing, seat covers for all power sports and e-bikes. They have those everything for the Surrounds now. Those are really cool, complete seats for Kawasaki's. Plum Creek funding, rates are not great. I'll just be straightforward with you. Rates are not awesome right now. But if you're in a position where you have to buy something, guess what? You don't have a choice. So you should at least know what your best options are, whether you want to do a 15-year, a 30-year, you need to do a jumbo loan. Um, those are all questions that Zach Morris at Plum Creek Funding could answer for you. Work Connection, there is a promo code, JT23, and that will save you money. Uh, you can get those new Yamaha foot peg mounts that Tris Kiefer developed with Works Connection that will change that the rider triangle for the 2023 Yamaha. So go to worksconnection.com, ProGlow Wash, Power Sports Formulated Wash, Ryan Humphrey and the team in Treeport have come up with a product that is specifically built for what we do, right? Whether side-by-side -side street bike, dirt bike, and I actually got to ride my street bike yesterday because it's warm for once. So I'm, <clears throat> I didn't even mean to segue this, but I'm going to use my ProGlow today because I'm going to wash my street bike. It's just dusty and I'm going to use my ProGlow to wash it. Fast Foundry. If you have been paying attention, we have a lot of business issues in America right now. We are, have a credit crunch. We have a banking crisis. Uh, these rates are putting a lot of pressure on small business that have any sort of, you know, if you're, if you borrowed money or you have a rotating line of credit or any of those things, like you're under pressure right now. So you should talk to Fast Foundry and see what they can do for you. Maybe they can handle your accounting side. Maybe, maybe they can do a virtual event that you've been trying to plan for. Um, but the, these guys are the experts. So reach out to Robert at FastFoundry.com. International Vet MX Series, go to OldTimersMX.com. The next round is coming up, and I'm going to pull that up right now. It is in Horn Rapids. Uh, excuse me. It's in Richmond, Washington at the Horn Rapids Off-Road Park. Uh, it's a Washington chapter of the International Vet MX Series. And yeah, they had their, uh, they had another race at Hangtown last week and I need to get an update on to see how that went. But Hangtown was the second round of the series and round three will be May 27 and May 28, which also happens to be the pro motocross opener. So if you live in the Northwest, you're not going to go, I'm guessing you're not going to go to Paula. You should go to Richmond, Washington and race the, uh, the Horn Rapids off-road park. And, uh, yeah, two day event. Lots of riding time, live music, um, great group of people that are all there for the right reasons. So check that out. TL Speed Shop, Jason Cobb and Josh and all their team down in Wickenburg, Arizona. Fly in. They'll have everything dialed. You can go on a side-by-side -side tour to Sedona. You can go wine tasting. You can go to Baja. Whatever you want. Like Dream up your side-by-side -side vacation, and they can make it work for you. They have the incredible equipment. They have trophy trucks. They have all kinds of stuff. So could not recommend uh, that experience anymore. And they're just great guys to be involved with as well. Grandstone Boots wore my Grandstone sneakers on the flight home yesterday and just a, a credible new product. So check out grandstoneshoes.com. I could not recommend the sneakers anymore. I need, to, I need to think of a new cliche because I keep saying I could not recommend anymore. But you get the point. Grandstone, the product is amazing. Um, I've been on board with them since the very beginning. And to see the improvement and the trajectory and just how that business has kind of blossomed is it's yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud to be a part of it. It's a, it's a really, really nice product and fly racing. We have our kinetic mesh out. Uh, we are about to have our 25th anniversary event at Denver. Uh, no, sorry. That's at Salt Lake uh, coming up in about 10 more days. So I'm excited for that. Um, we'll have some really cool gear there that you'll be able to check out and uh, get ready for summer.
Summer will, means new lines and new gear and new products and all kinds of stuff. So check out flyracing.com and at flyracingusa on Instagram. Thank you to everybody. Thanks for listening to the the, uh, the sponsor reads. I know that's not why you tune in, but it is important. And please check out all of their businesses and websites to uh, to make your next purchase. And that's it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. See you.